Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, I honestly didn't know there was a fad for tattooing or piercing of pets, but apparently there is. And in Joyzy, Assemblyman Carmelo Garcia is going to be joining us. He's trying to push through legislation to ban pet tattooing and piercing. Do you remember a long time ago, well, a few years ago, that girl was doing the gothic kitten? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. That's what influenced that, in fact. I don't like it. That's horrible. I don't like it at all. I got to be honest with you. Tattooing tattooing for ID is one thing. Right. You know, when they tattoo a pet, they let them know that it's been spayed in case it gets lost or something like that. But actually to um, put some sort of, you know, some sort of art on on a pet's body, you know, that they really don't have any say over it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. They're beautiful enough. They do not need enhancements. They're beautiful enough. Well, I'm looking at a picture right now of a chihuahua with uh, stud earrings, and uh, he doesn't look very happy. I'll tell you that right Uh, now. Dr. Debbie, what's all that all over your coat? Yeah, it's anal gland material, and I have to tell you, the laundry, I'm still working on laundry here at work. So you got to do laundry there, too? Well, when the unexpected happens, yeah, so I've I've been blessed today. So, you know, it is like, you know, for Catholics, it's kind of a uh, Uh, time of the year. Um, uh, So, yes, I have the anal gland blessing. It's the veterinary blessing that that squirted all over me. Oh, my gosh. That's you that smells, too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I take full responsibility for that odor. Uh, let's head to the phones right now. Hey, Kitty, welcome to the show. Hello. What's going on? Well, I have a cat that is too fat. She doesn't groom herself. Ugh. And um, I was wondering if I could get her shaved instead of, you know, messing with the hairballs and having her brushed out because I have to take her to the vet. and They have to sedate her and then brush her out because she won't let me do it. So she doesn't, um, she's not happy being groomed either, is that correct? No. And she bites okay, me and if have, I try to do it. She bites you if you try to do it, okay, so that's something, believe me. A nasty cat is a lot more dangerous than a um, nasty dog. They have a lot of um, types of bacteria in their mouth, and when they bite you, sometimes it can be pretty, pretty nasty. Um, is it a long or a short-haired cat, first of all? She's long-haired. Okay, okay. And have you ever had a, had a groomer um, work on the cat? No. Okay, what I would try, not that I'm trying to take anything out of the veterinarian's hands, but sometimes in, in a grooming salon, um, a professional groomer, because they do it all the time, may have a lot more success um, removing the knots and tangles. Now, depending upon how serious they are, would really determine, um, you know, if, if they could remove them or not. Um, a lot of times the cat, though, even though um, it seems like this hopeless, if you take your time and you have two people work on the cat where they take their time and the cat's not stressed out, a lot of times you could work it out. Now, can you clip the cat down? You absolutely can. But my question to you is, did you ever do that before to this particular cat? No. Sometimes what happens is when... Um, you clip cats down short because there really isn't, you don't have much of a variation. You either have to go real short or you got to leave it full coated. And that's only because of safety reasons. The blade that you have to use on the cat cuts um, to one eighth of an inch um, off of the skin. So basically it's, it's bald. Um, 
what happens is a lot of times the cats know that there is a change. They don't know exactly what it is. And sometimes we'll go into a state of depression with a hide or, um, you know, I mean, just, just not want to see anyone because they're embarrassed of, 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 you know, what is become, what has become of them. Even though they don't know exactly what it is, they just know it's a change. If you do have to do that, the most important thing is, is you don't want to laugh at the cat. You don't want to change anything. Cause believe me, they know, they know if, if, if they're being laughed at, they know if, if it's, you know, if, if, if it's a different situation. So if it has to be clipped down, um, I would use it as the last resort, but I would try your professional groomer first for a couple of reasons. I wouldn't want to sedate a cat unless I really, really had to only because it's not real, you know, it's not real good on this system. Um, and the groomer will tell you within the first 10 minutes of the grooming, either call you up and say, listen, please come pick up your cat. We can't do it. And then in that situation, you'll have to go to your veterinarian and do what's ever necessary at that time. But if you get a good cat groomer, a lot of times they'll put two people on the cat. One holds the cat where the cat can't bite or scratch the other one. And after a while, if you take your time, sometimes they calm down a little bit, especially if it's in an environment where there's um, no dogs barking and, and it's a little bit quiet. And They'll calm down and, and um, sometimes like the professional grooming. And the good thing about that is it also may make the cat like to be brushed at home and, um, you know, break that, that whole cycle. Okay, well, I'll try that. Okay, unfortunately, I wish I had a miracle spray that I could tell you about, but there's not. It's just, it's just, um, you know, just brushing and combing. And, um, you know, I, I would try that first, and um, hopefully they can um, help you out there. Okay. Thanks for your call, Kitty. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. And guess what? Our next caller, her name is Glee. Hey, Glee. <laughs> hey, Hal. How are you? Doing very well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, very beautiful. I've talked to you before. You it's have. been a while. Has it? I, th- I recognize your voice, Glee. Yes, we've talked uh, to you about your birdies before. You did. So what's going on? Well, I have two parakeets. Their names are Spinelli and Maxie. Spinelli is almost three years old. Maxie is a year old. They're doing their little dance and the preening for the breeding. He'll go over to the breeder box. Sometimes she'll go over, sometimes she won't. And what's going on that they're not wanting to breed, or what can I do that maybe can help them with getting them to breed? How long have they been together? They've been together almost a year. All righty. Because the most important thing is that we talk about pair bonding, and it's, it's kind of like throwing right. two strangers together and asking them to be a, a, a permanent family unit. So um, it can happen, but it helps if they have uh, kind of that connection. So that's very important in the birds they for breeding right as well. Off the bat. That they have that or they don't? They do. They have that connection. He, I was afraid that when I got her that he wouldn't like her, but he actually, right off the start, as soon as okay. I put her in a cage, he started connecting with her. Good, good. And and we're certain we're dealing with a boy and a girl. That's always important as well. Yeah. Dealing with a boy okay. and a girl. 
Okay. And we know that because of the color of the seer. So you you got your boy with the dark blue seer. Right. And the and girl's got the, got the light. The light, the white or tan. Okay, perfect. You That's have the Barry White and the lighting right, right? You have the Barry White CD on in the background and the lighting kind of dim, right? Uh, you don't, there's I'm no sorry. wine and... Um, <laughs> but, they love the TV. Oh, they love the TV. Oh, well... They love you know the what? TV. I actually named them after a couple people in General Hospital, and when that show comes on, they literally go berserk. <laughs> oh, how funny. It's their show. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, maybe we ought to get him watching daytime uh, soap operas. That might be the, yeah. the thing that, to make a love connection here, you know? Well, right. um, I guess some guidelines that we talk about when we're trying to get little parakeets to breed, and you may be already doing these things. Um, so um, I put these on your checklist. Make sure you are or aren't doing them, and hopefully we can get everything ideal. If not, sometimes you can't make it happen. Um um, sometimes I'll actually have other breeding pairs in the same room because that kind of gets the hormones flying and uh, may mean for that we have a better breeding situation if there's others in the in the same area, uh, you know, going on the on the nest and uh, having babies there. So um, make sure your um, your temperature in the area. We want to keep it around 65 to 75. Uh, we want to cover the babies at night, right probably here, about yeah. 12. Okay, 12 hours of darkness would be best. And then in their enclosure, because we're going to be asking the mom to be making eggs and we want good calcium and vitamin D, using a full-spectrum light. So similar to that you will find in um, uh, aquariums, so in pet stores where where you have reptiles that need vitamin D. Oh, okay. I never thought of that. Yeah, so that can be helpful. Now, now for birds that are housed outside, they're getting natural light. That's not a problem. But uh-huh. for indoor-kept birds, this is something that we can help enhance and right. is very important for vitamin D. Right. Um, so I would make sure we do that. And then uh, we've got the nesting box. We try to not disturb them, give them their privacy, try to keep uh-huh. them on a schedule, clean their cage about the same time, and uh, kind of let them do their thing. Is there something that I was reading some for pond ships. That you could put in the box. What I tried a string and they ate that. I didn't hear what you said. What were the chips? I had, uh, I've heard of pine chips putting in the box. Yeah, no. I actually just use good old, you know, shredded newspaper. Um, I think okay. that's probably one of the easiest things. It's 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 tidy, and uh, they have a good time with it as well. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, is there oh. something I could be feeding them? I've got a mineral block. I've got mm-hmm, their conditioning good. seeds and everything and what's them they don't like fruits or vegetables at all they're very picky Mm, that would be nice if we could get them. So, you know, a lot of times we'll have to just stick with the fortified seed mixes that parakeets are kind of raised on in pet stores. If we have them on a pelleted diet, you know, we got a little bit more bang for your buck when it comes to nutrients. Um, yeah. If we have to, if we can't get fresh veggies um, in, sometimes I'll get creative and make like little birdie cornbread with veggies in it and see if we oh, can I convince them that, that way. Yeah, so you can just, you know, make small little muffins, um, take a good mix of different uh, green vegetables, or even sometimes some of the frozen vegetables are fine to get started with this, and just kind of make that a little treat for them, and uh, and hopefully we can kind of trick them into getting a little nutrients like that in there. So We wish you but, the best uh, of luck with that, Glee. All of our romantic wishes are, are <laughs> going your way. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Hello, this is Franz from Hans and Franz. Don't be a girly man. Get your dog spayed and neutered. That's right. And just because you spay and neuter your dog, it does not make them a girly dog. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. Hi, this is Justin Silver from CBS's Dogs in the City here on Animal Radio. Just reminding you to always stay in new to your pets. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Alan and Judy. Just a few minutes, we'll talk to Assemblyman Carmelo Garcia, who wants to outlaw or at least ban tattooing and piercing of your animals. Just in case you were thinking of uh, getting that studded earring for your kitty cat. Don't do it. No, no, no. Yeah, no think no. twice about no, that no. before you do that there. How about a nose ring? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no nose ring. Uh-uh. No, nope. can't nope. do that either. No, nope. no enhancements. They look beautiful the way they are. Leave yes, them alone. They sure do. I'm with you there on that, Tammy. Hey, Tammy, what are you yep. working on in the newsroom anyway? I got another one of those warnings, and it's it's one to just keep in the back of your mind about the heartworm medication Trifexis. There have been some dog deaths, and the FDA is keeping an eye on this. So if you're going to use the product, got to keep your eye on your animal. Okay. Really important. We'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes with Tammy Trujillo when she does news. Don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. You can ask your questions directly from the app as well as, you know, listen to old shows and browse our deep resources. Uh, And that's a free download. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hey, Tracy, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Be thankful you're on that side of the phone. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. When you hear my problem, you might not be. You might not think I'm so grateful. What's going on? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have a twofold problem. Um, okay. The biggest um, at this point is uh, my cat, who's probably about mm, 10, 11 years old, has been well behaved all the way up till maybe last year, and now he's missing the box. You know, he okay. won't. He was pooping outside the litter box, not urinating, but he's defecating outside mm. outside of the litter box. And I noticed there's some sort of pattern as well, where when I'm coming home in the morning, I open the garage, and you know, he's he's just done his business. <laughs> and okay. you know, I clean it up, I feed him, and I go on about my business, and I hope it gets better. And I scoop the box, and then he does it again. <laughs> Okay. And is he pooping, in relation to the litter box, where is he pooping? Um, well, the litter box is in a guest room that has no bed or anything, but it has carpet that's no good anymore. But um, he's, sometimes he goes behind the box, like if I freshly scoop the box, 
Okay. If, if he's hiding behind the box, sometimes it's in the middle of the rug. <laughs> and the okay. room is, is relatively small. Okay, but it's not happening in other parts of the house. It's happening in the room no. where the litter box is. And there's only no. one box there? Uh, I'm sorry, say again? Um, it's not happening in other rooms of the house. It's not. Um, the room is gated, though, because I have okay. two Springer Spaniels that are indoor dogs, and they'll eat cat food. So I've gated that room off so that he can jump over the gate. And okay. his food's on that side, which is kind of strange to me. I would think he wouldn't want to poop where he eats, but mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All righty. And, um, and is he the only kitty in the house? And is this is the only litter pan in the house? It is, and he is, yes. Okay. All right. Well, the number one thing when I hear of a kitty that's pooping near the box but not inside it and they are using the box for urinating number one thing i look at is the actual litter environment so the actual how nice is the bathroom in the cat's sense of the the word um because a cat that is defecating in other parts of the house we might be thinking other issues going on but he's he's got the idea he knows where the box is and uh, in many cats they'll poop just a few feet away and it's kind of like they're saying i almost want to use it but i'm not going to so the things that i really look at is we want to give him alternate litter sites and we want to kind of play around and give him different options for the litter pan um so number one is if you got a, a cover on your litter pan i would take that off Okay. Um, I experiment with different substrates. So some kitties just don't always like what we offer them. So okay. there are the different clay litters, the scoopable litters, the recyclable product litters, um, all of those things. We need to vary that. And you may okay. need to offer a little smorgasbord of litter boxes in this room. Okay. Normal- I normally, I will also give a litter box site somewhere else than where the primary box is and if you can do that with having the dogs around i would encourage you to try just in Uh, case there can be for some kitties they have an aversion to a location so say something bad happens he's pooping in the litter box he has some pain maybe has some blood in his stool he has a negative experience so he says "Ooh, i don't want to poop back there because something really bad happened when i was doing that so in those cases they can actually think I just need to go somewhere else, and everything's cool, and nothing bad happens. So if that's the case, a different site can really make a difference in the psyche uh, of many cats there. Okay. But I would say that would be pretty much how I would handle things. Now, for a kitty who's in the double-digit years, sometimes I look at things like other medical problems that can be going on. And arthritis in a, in a kitty that age isn't unheard of. Um, so if some, sometimes getting into the box um, can be an uncomfortable thing. And again, they can associate something uncomfortable with uh, the defecation or the urination in the box. So um, maybe a good checkup would be wise. And for old kitties that have signs of you know possible arthritis, I use glucosamine for them. And it can really make a, a difference with some of these behavioral problems where we think it's you know just a cat that's pissed off and doesn't want to use the box. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and it, it could really be something medical. So, yeah, pooped off, however we should say it. Okay. Um, I I think that's some strategies I would certainly try for this little guy. Okay, sounds good. Tracy, we thank you for your call today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio, and... I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. 
and hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 This is an Animal Radio News Update. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. And there are more worries, again, about the dog heartworm medication Trifexis. So far, 965 complaints about dogs dying after taking Trifexis have been filed with the FDA over the last three and a half years. According to its own label, the most common reaction to Trifexis includes vomiting, itching, and decreased activity for one to two days. The drug's maker, Elanco, says it sold 70 million doses and it's found no link between the pill and any dog deaths. But the FDA says it's continuing to monitor the drug and it's urging anybody whose dog has suffered an adverse reaction to report it to both the drug maker, Elanco, and to the FDA. Well, we all know pets can be expensive. Boy, can they. But they sure are worth it. Anyway, add pets and moving and things can really get pricey. Apartments.com did the math and its pet-friendly renting trends survey, and wow, did things add up. The survey included some 3,000 people across the U.S., and it found that close to 80% of renters had to pay a deposit to have a pet, and it was more than $200 a year in more than half of the cases. 64% of the people asked said they had a hard time finding an apartment that allowed pets even with a deposit, and people who had a large dog... Well, they were the ones who had the toughest time finding a place to live with their best friend. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Dogs or cats... Horse or emu, animals are people too. From the little land of leprechauns, shamrocks, and bees? A 59-year-old Irishman tried to break the world record for bees on a body. Philip McCabe poured on about 200,000 bees while wearing only underwear, a back brace, and goggles. But the bees didn't behave. They kept jumping off, even though McCabe was wearing the queen bee on his chin. He also lost some bees when his feet fell asleep and he had to sit down. McCabe heads the Irish Beekeeper Association, and his record-breaking attempt was part of a campaign to raise money to help fight poverty in Africa. He missed the world record. It's 350,000 bees, just in case you want to try it. But McCabe is planning to try it again next year. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
seems our heroes come in all sizes and shapes, and they're helping some animals, few animals, lots of animals. They're just all over. And if you have someone, know someone that is doing great work for the animals, going above and beyond the duty, could be for a single animal or for many animals, please let us know at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. This week's Hero of the Week is Deborah Jo Chiapuzio. Chiapuzio. Well, it's that. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> I'm sure you get this all the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Deborah Joe will do. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I like the na- I like the last name. I love Italian names. Chapuzio. Chapuzio. You just have to say it very loud. <laughs> I'll go to a restaurant and just order Chiapino just because I like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you are our hero of the week, young lady. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's a fabulous honor. It really is. Oh, I see so many people who do so much good work out there, and I've felt like I was just one person, you know, so. You know what? It's sometimes just one person is all it takes because it makes yep. a big difference like you have and what you've done. I'll tell people, and well, let's tell listeners about what you do with the Pet Oxygen Masks and the Emma Zen Foundation. Well, the Emma Zen Foundation started off with uh, myself as an individual in a community wanting to make a difference just for my own pet. And I learned that there was an apparatus called Pet Oxygen Masks. And it was something that you gave to a firefighter or, an, or a first responder, an EMT or a paramedic. In the cases that there were home fires, that our first responders would be able to save our pets. Because as it is right now, all they can do is lay a human mask aside the pet. And when I found out about that, I thought, well, you know, I want my pet to be safe. It wasn't really that much money. The kits were only $75, and they only had 17 trucks in Anaheim. You know, that didn't seem like too far of a fetch outreach. And I went ahead and did what it took and did six months to just make sure my pet was safe. And what I found in that six months period was everybody who was our friends on social media They all love their animals the way I did, and they said, I want my pet to be safe, too. You know, now emergency preparedness is something we never think about. I mean, Mm -hmm. we live, Hugh and I, we all live here in California. Do you have your pet uh, emergency kit or even your human Mm. emergency (laughs) kit? No. (laughs) Uh -uh. So these oxygen masks, are they primarily just for animals that are involved in fires, or is it for other reasons? And I guess, what is the difference between a human mask and a pet oxygen mask? The way we are distributing them, they are allowing the firefighters to resuscitate the animals. So more often than not, that is for fires. Um, the difference is the contour to them. Our human mask has, our face has very little contour. So it's just sort of like putting your hand out in front of your face. The human mask is very, very flat. And so that doesn't fit on a muzzle or a snout and the masks that we have have this nice rubber seal on the base of something that's very cone-like shaped and when that seal goes over the snout it closes those jowls very tight and makes it so that the fresh oxygen can only enter through the nostril and that's actually a simulation of proper pet cpr we do something that's called mouth to snout versus the pinch the nose and go through the mouth for the humans well, what, but what about pugs? Do they, they have the flat, uh, what are you, they've been chasing parked cars, the bronchiocephalic, uh, <laughs> aren't their faces? There's different shapes. Different There's different shapes. shapes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are different shapes, and you know, the human mask would probably work a little bit uh, better on a pug than any other dog, but the pet oxygen masks still also work on the pugs and other flat-node breeds. Mm. Who's Emma Zen? 
who is Emma Zen. Emma Zen <laughs> is officially my little biker dog. Okay. Uh, she came from the local shelter. She was uh, lost her home from the fires, and I pulled her out of a shelter. She, we believe, is half Labrador and half Great Dane. She looks like wow. about a 110-pound lab. And if you look at emmazen.com, you'll see her in all of her glory in her sidecar. She's, um, I ride a motorcycle, and I fell in love within a few days of having Emma live with me. And so I did what all good bikers do, and I bought my dog a sidecar, and 38,000 <laughs> miles later, but you, <laughs> am I on cor- the road. <laughs> am I correct? You have another pet that rides with you? <laughs> yes, we do have a new pet. The poor little thing is only a year old, so she is more in the 2,500 miles. But I'm thinking she's going <laughs> to get a little bit more attention since she is really a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig. And she wears the doggles while she rides in the sidecar? Yes, yes, we do. We wear doggles and little bandanas. And that's a lot of what we get to talk about in our foundation because while I know that looks just adorable and too cute going down the road, we really do it for a purpose. You know, you don't want those eyes drying, drying out. It's very responsible. Yeah, whole new health issue there. We don't want too much wind going into the ear canal, so we cover them up with something, and it just happens to be that the bandanas look really cute. And we drink Pedialyte when we're on the road, so we don't get dehydrated. (laughs) Uh, I'd love to see you through my neighborhood. Uh, Now, you uh, you also, well, you're certified in Pet First Aid, and you teach classes... Yes, we do. We have classes that are local to Southern California that go on. We usually have about one a month. Um, We're having a pet first aid class uh, at a a place in Santa Ana called Buff Dog, and that's on October 25th. And we have one in November on the 8th Mm -hmm. in Huntington Beach, and that's at your animal's best friend's doghouse. So I have a website called doggyandme.com. And we always advertise them there. And the foundation has just started a brand new pet safety series. So we're going to take one topic a month for the 12 months of the year and talk about different topics every month. So at Amazon Foundation, you'll be able to get a little bit of information on it. And perhaps maybe some of your listeners can join us. That's what I was thinking. I think we should hook up with this young lady here on her monthly topic and post that over at our our site and talk about that on the air. Can you make that happen? I will make that happen. For those listeners that wonder how what goes on behind the scenes, you're actually seeing it right now. We're actually forming an idea (laughs) and booking the guest. Exactly. That's exactly how it works. (laughs) Yes. You're doing wonderful work. And the website, one more time, is doggyandme.com. And that's uh, I-E-D-O-G-G-I. I-E and spelled out A-N-D-M-E dot com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard over at AnimalRadio.com. Also check out the website. Also check out MSNFoundation.com. As I said, all the links to today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Deborah Joe, thank you so much for all the hard work you do. Thank you very much. The, the call is appreciated. The recognition is appreciated. Um, but I really do it because this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I and and it went from a me thing to many of us, including yourselves, to get out the awareness out there. And if you don't think you can make a difference, you can. And if you need to start somewhere small, come join us. We have all kinds of volunteers, opportunities, and we can get you on your feet and send you out there. And hopefully everybody can make their own difference a little bit at a time for the pets in this world. See what one person can do? I'm not going to yeah. say anything after that. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Be well, Deborah Joe. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 
Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog Ladybug uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. Looks like in just a few weeks, we're going to have Joyce DeWitt on the show from, uh, you remember her from Three's, Three's Company? Three's Company, yes. She I was loved a, that show. Didn't she? <laughs> the dark-haired one. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was actually cuter than the Suzanne Summers, the blonde. Everyone oh, really? went for the Everyone, blonde. yeah, was Gaga over Suzanne. Yeah. What about you, Joey? You you probably like uh, Suzanne Summers. Y- y- oh, of course. I mean, so she still looks great, too, you know? Um, but, um, no, I, you know, Janet was cute. Yep, yep. Jan- oh, Janet was her name. Very yes. good. I forgot. Remember yes, that. I, I would have never, never known who Joyce DeWitt was. Janet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, ooh. this story just came across my desk about uh, shepherds in Turkey have now outfitted their sheep monitoring donkeys with solar panels and battery packs to illuminate the nighttime isolated fields. So there's now solar-powered donkeys. Thanks for that solar. article there, Judy. Yes. I appreciate that. Uh, but it's really time for Joey now. and So don't distract me with that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I forgot. Okay. I, forgot yeah. I forgot all about it. Hey, Joey, what's going on? Well, I want to talk about the difference <laughs> of trimming nails with a nail um, clipper or a nail trimmer, whatever you want to call it, or a Dremel or a grinder. Because it's it. you know what? First thing I'm going to say is I don't think that anyone should really be cutting your pet's nails at home. Either go to the groomer or go to your veterinarian. Why? For a couple. Well, for a couple reasons. Number one, you want to have the pet in a safe environment where the, where the pet is basically, you know, hooked up right or held properly, not where they're going to jump around and get injured or actually injure you. Because you know, most dogs and cats don't like their nails trimmed. Okay, now if you're one of these people who you know just want to experience the whole experience of it, want to try it, or know how to do it. Well, there's two things. If you get a nail clipper, you've got to make sure that you buy something that's a a pretty good quality. When you go to the store and you buy a cheap nail clipper, what ends up happening is usually the first cut, you end up splitting the nail, okay, which then then makes the chip and also could actually split it right down to the quick, which is um, what's going to make them bleed. A Dremel or a file works a little bit easier for home use because it's not going to split the nail. And if you take your time and, and, and go little by little, you can actually just grind it down to where it needs to be, where you can start to see that quick peek through. Now, one thing, most people like to go out and buy a Dremel that you would go out and Dremel um, you know, furniture and make carvings with. And it's not the Dremel you want to use because there's not a safety shut off on it. And what I mean by this is when you have something that's turning at whatever it is, 5,000 RPMs, and it grabs a piece of hair or a tail or a lip, it's going to pull it right off. Okay, so what you want to use is something that's made for pets, that when a little bit too much pressure is actually applied, it's going to shut down, basically, or it's, or it's going to slow down, where it's not going to injure the pet. Um, and you know what? Some pets like it, some pets don't. Um, but what I say is if you want to get your pet used to it, turn it on 
and just pet your dog or your cat and just, you know, let, let the sound, because it's more of the sound than anything else, and just take your time. Hallelujah. Uh, Joey, I got to say that that tip about not having pet owners trim the nails, a lot of people want to do it, and they just, they start the phobia. They do it improperly, and then we have pets that are fearful of having their feet handled, and, and it makes a future of horrible nail trims. Oh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we I've had that. I've had it where... We had someone that tried to, you know, trim their pet's nails, and they cut them all the way back. And the dog was bleeding profusely, and the woman mm. was screaming on the phone, didn't know what to do. I told her to bring it in. And we applied a little um, styptic powder and stopped, stopped the bleeding, but the dog was traumatized. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I lucked out because I do ladybugs, and yeah, she gets a little nervous, but uh, I try to stay calm. Judy holds her and tries to stay calm, and, and for the most part, we get it done. And we realize that we don't have to do all of them at one time. You know, we can do like one paw, although we do. If push came to shove, we do one paw and then maybe another paw later, you know? We don't want to freak her out because we don't want it to be a bad experience. And then as soon as we're done with it, I give her a little bacon treat so she knows that something good's coming afterwards. Oh, there you go. Joey Volani, ladies and gentlemen, the dog father on Animal Radio. Hey, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming at you on Animal Radio, and uh, glad to be here. Hope you're glad to be listening. You know one saying that I've got to tell you, I, I, it may be true, it may not be true. I always encourage the Animal Radio listeners to, to shoot me an email at Vinny at AnimalRadio.com. But even if this is true, which I would really find that hard to believe, I'm I'm sick of hearing it. And that's the saying, hey, dogs' mouths are cleaner than humans. My two beloved dogs, you know, I always gave them kisses, kisses on the head, playing with their ears and them kiss. I never really did. I'm going to come right out and say it. You know, the French kiss with my dog or the full-on their tongue lapping at my lips kiss. Uh, I never really did that. When I see people doing that, I'm always just... Especially after you've just seen the dog in particular spend a good 20 minutes giving himself, quite frankly, I'll just I'll come right out and say it, a genital bath. And the person says, oh, come on, you know, the dog's mouths are cleaner than humans. I'm finding it hard to believe. Is there doggy scope? Has anybody, is, can I go to a pet? I, I haven't been in a while. Is there doggy scope? Is there doggy floss? I know my two dogs didn't get up in the morning and brush their teeth. Uh, so how is it possible that this dog who just ate a lizard, uh, lapped at his his own crotch region, maybe even ate, you know ate his own feces or, or licked another dog's butt, his mouth is really cleaner than your own, you're saying. If that's the case, then might I suggest you just have all of your teeth and your gums removed. Just stitch your mouth up, because if your dog's mouth is cleaner than yours, then yours should never be allowed to be open again. Urban myth? Dog's mouth cleaner than a human's? Gotta be. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. 
Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk to a lady who represents Standard Pacific Homes. Is it Standard Pacific Homes or just Standard Homes? Standard Pacific Homes. And they build, they have actually have 27 developments out of all, all of their developments that are building pet-friendly housing. Actually building these houses for your pets that include uh, spa stations and uh, beds and all and, kinds and of... specific uh, washer and dryers for your pets. Wow. That's TVs? TVs for your pets. I, I want one. Yes. Why do the pets need the TV again? I keep forgetting that. Entertainment. It keeps yeah. them really... My Nikki loves watching television. It doesn't have to be animals. <laughs> she just likes the movement. <laughs> no, I think that's leading to the degradation of our youth, youthful canines, as it has for the humans. Well, yeah, they're going to be couch potatoes. They aren't going to be out there playing with their bones. They're going to be fat and obese. And, and oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, can't do that. No. I want the TV removed from my new house. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, so that's on the way. And also, we're going to be talking to a guy who's uh, an assemblyman, Carmelo Garcia, a Democrat out of Hoboken, New Jersey. Hoboken. I just love that name. Hoboken. And uh, he's trying to ban pet tattooing and piercing. Apparently, that is a problem. And we'll find out more in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. You know, yes. I used to live. I used to live about seven miles from Hoboken, eight miles from Hoboken. And you are tattooed and pierced. I might. And I'm tattooed. No, I'm not pierced. I'm tattooed. Oh, really? Not pierced. No, piercings, huh? No, I'm not a piercing guy. No? <laughs> Needle, needles scare me. <laughs> Tammy's working hard in the newsroom. What do you got coming up this hour? I've got a story for anybody who's missing their dog, whose dog has been lost. Do not give up hope. I'm going to tell you about a lady, Lashina Harris from Memphis, and it's been a long time, but her beautiful bulldog puppy is finally home. So if your dog's out there somewhere, don't you ever give up hope because that dog may be coming home. Oh, very, very cool story on the way, Uh I have a feeling. Here's a fun story out of Chula Vista, California. Two San Diego County women had to get help from police after being trapped in a bedroom by by the family cat. The cat? The cat, yes. Ooh. Yikes. The uh, the neighbors call the cat a ball of fury, and Chula Vista police tell us that a woman and her adult daughter called 911 Tuesday to say they were stuck in the bedroom because their cat, Cuppy, was in a rage and wouldn't let them leave the room. Police. Wow. I, you yeah. know what? I, I had a cat like that, and I was a teenager, and I would come home from my dates and the cat would be sitting out in the front yard, and the cat would not let me go up to my front door. Really? Oh, he'd come wow. He'd come after me on the sidewalk. I'd run back out to the street. <laughs> and I would end up throwing rocks at my parents' window so that they could get up and open the door because the cat would not let me in really? the house. No, he was like This was your cat? Th- well, wow. he was a cat that actually we kind of felt sorry for him, and we took him in because he just showed up at our house. So we started feeding him, and he just hung around the yard, and... Uh, he was bonkers. I had an experience like that when I had this, I had a grooming salon in Morristown, New Jersey, and we used to, the parking lot was across the street. I mean, it was a February, real cold. It was the coldest, one of the coldest days I can remember. And the next thing I noticed, something like rubbing against my leg, and it was this cat. <laughs> so, oh, the poor cat, the poor cat. Let's just, you know, the cat can't stay out. The cat's gonna freeze. So I took the cat home that night. When I got the cat in the house, 
the cat turned into a maniac and was chasing, was attacking me, but like for real, wow. like wanted, was biting and scratching, but would would oh if I if every, everywhere I went, it would it would look at you and charge you from across the room yeah. and, and grab your ankle and bite. Crazy cat. Yeah. Well, in this particular case in Chula Vista, police say such matters are really usually left to animal control. They Mm -hmm. usually call in animal control and those kinds of things. But they decided to help out on a quiet night, apparently. (laughs) I I could imagine them just, I I hear the radio conversation now, as you can probably in your head. Uh, they, They eventually say the cat walked out on his own. Yes. They didn't have to handcuff him? Didn't have to handcuff the cat. The neighbors say that the cat has been a family pet for years, but is unpredictable. The same thing happened in Portland, Oregon. A family went through a similar ordeal with their cat, Lux, if you Mm -hmm. attacked the baby and then uh, boxed his owners in a bedroom. That was about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long ago. You know what? That's a cat even Jackson Galaxy, I know, looked into that one. And he even threw up his hands on that one and said, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You see, my cats, are they're different. My cats usually don't even give me the time of the day. They look at me like I just asked them for a ride to the airport or something like that. (laughs) Hi, Mel. Welcome to the show. Hi there. What's going on? Uh, We have a chinchilla. uh, Probably about 10 years old. And she pretty much stopped chewing on things like she normally used to. Okay. And it looks like her teeth are getting a little longer. Mm, Uh, she, She does still eat... You know, like her regular food and hay, but, uh, you know, she's drooling a lot and seems to be drinking a lot more water. Ooh, okay. She is drooling, so she's getting a little stained on her face with that? Yep. Yeah, and I don't know Uh, if it's just because of the way she's drinking and drinking much. It seems like a lot more. All right. Now, normally people with rodents would say, oh, my God, they chew a lot already. So it's good when they don't chew. Um, But in this situation, especially since you were describing that she's having drooling, gosh, um, I'd say the number one thing we need to do is a good dental exam on her. Um, the front teeth, the incisors are one thing, but the back teeth, the molars in uh, chinchillas as well as rabbits can really be a huge problem. They are continually growing and they continually wear the opposing teeth down. Um, if they start to get little spikes and overgrow in aspects, that creates cheek pain or it can even entrap the tongue. Um, so it can be quite serious. And um, if we're giving up on some of those chewing items or some of the different hay items, uh those are some of the first signs that I say that we need to get a good look inside that oral cavity and and evaluate those teeth. Um, Many chinchillas do need to have their teeth trimmed. Um, So um, getting a good look is part of it. Um, And then doing any kind of uh, uh, dental care that we might need to trim the teeth or heaven forbid, if there's any bad ones that are actually uh, creating abscesses, then extracting those, surgically extracting those would be the way to proceed there. But uh, I'd say definitely the first thing I would do is get a good look inside that mouth and, uh, you know, make sure your veterinarian's comfortable looking at chinchilla mouths because um, they are a little interesting little critters and they got a lot of crooked little teeth in that mouth and it can be um, it can be very overwhelming if, uh, if they're not comfortable with that. Got it. They're soft, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're beautiful. They make love out of them. <laughs> they do make love. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, not this one. What is, their no. No- what is their normal lifespan, Dr. Debbie? You know, actually, your baby sounds like we're already pretty much in the in the older years of uh, chinchillas. So, yeah, I do see them living 8, 10, 12 years. Um, but uh, uh, certainly uh, hope that your baby sees many more years beyond that. Let's go to Danny. You want to go to Danny? Let's yes. go to Danny. Hey, Danny, how are you doing? Hi, this is Danny from Orlando, Florida. 
Hey, got a question on a, a 10-year-old jitsu I have. Okay. We okay. took her for the first time to the groomer yesterday, and after she got home, she was, like, licking her parts and constantly, like, in pain. All night, she spent crying and crying and crying. Now, did you so, say 10 um, years sorry, old, and this is the first time she's been groomed? Yeah, so usually my wife does that at home. Oh, okay. I was going to say, how in the heck does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, usually my wife does it, but this time, for some reason or another, we decided to take her to the groomer to do a better job. Okay. All right, but gotcha. uh, the dog's been in pain for the last 24 hours. I could tell that it's red around her areas. Uh, okay. I went to Pets Morning and got, I guess, some uh, ointment for burns. But uh, is it something that's normal? Should I take her to the vet? Well, it kind of depends. Um, and presuming that you've got some clipper irritation there, which is, is not uncommon, there are pets that certainly have a very sensitive skin and are more prone to that. Um, or for pets that have a really close clipping, say if you've got matted areas or you're going for that close summer cut, you might be more prone to getting clipper irritation, especially in some of the delicate areas like, you know, the genital areas, the armpits. Um, uh, those can be really sensitive when they get the clippers that just kind of rub up against the area. So um, if it's a mild um, abrasion, so if the area is just red and kind of what I would equate, so no worse than like a, a skin knee, then then I can, I'll often use like a topical over-the-counter steroid cream, just kind of like a cortisone type thing for people. But it becomes a challenge because a lot of dogs become so obsessed, they're so itchy scratchy that they can make these type of areas much worse very quickly. So it is important that we either find some way to relieve their discomfort or at least if it's a localized area we can put like a elizabethan collar on a cone on to keep them away from that because repeated licking at those areas will definitely set in bigger problems so it's hard to say without seeing your baby but um, you know a topical cortisone cream might be a realistic thing sometimes i'll even use a, an oatmeal shampoo as just kind of a soothing thing that you can try at home um, but if she seems like she's really that uncomfortable it might might be worthwhile to get her over to the vet just to see if they need to give her some pain medicine or um, get her on an antibiotic sometimes. What do you think about mm. that groomer there, Doc? Do you think that uh, perhaps they shouldn't go back to that groomer? I mean, is, does well, it sound like that's a groomer problem? It, not necessarily, because it can really depend on what the goals were with the grooming. And that's why I say if a pet is matted and they are kind of have no choice but to do a close clip, it's a function of the matting or what the desired clip is. So for me, if I have a dog that this happens to, um, I'd like to have a heart to heart with the folks and say, you know, maybe you don't really want to keep him that short. We'll go with a longer clip or ask the groomer to use a longer blade next time. And then if it's something like the pet is really matted, then it's just a matter of staying up with those um, grooming frequencies. But, but, you know, there are some dogs that, you know, just they could have a lot of sensitivity. And if you think about it, especially for ladies, you know, if you're shaving those delicate parts, you know, when that hair grows in, it naturally itches. So, you know, if you got a little close clipping, um, you know, for a dog, it's easy to understand how they can be irritated and, and develop redness. So I don't I don't often blame the groomer. I've only run into some truly bad groomers just infrequently. So... Okay, so I guess I'll try the collar and some cream, see if it gets better, because she has been licking a lot. So I think the collar might be a necessity. Yeah, and definitely it, it is individualized. So if it's a, like a single area, I'll often treat very conservatively. But if it sounds like what you're describing, it's kind of all over, you know, she might be a bit overwhelmed with the, you know, the areas. So I'd encourage you to have her looked at. 
sounds good. I appreciate your help. Hey, no problem. Hey. Let us know how that turns out, okay? Thank you very much, guys. Have a great afternoon. Danny calling from Orlando this afternoon. Appreciate it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Goodbye, empty calorie look-alike dog treats, and hello, yummy combs. The nutritious treat that cleans dogs' teeth between vet visits. Our novel honeycomb-shaped flosses between and around the teeth and gums, where oral disease can start. Yummy combs come in five sizes based on dog weight. Plus, they're 44% protein-rich with 12 wellness ingredients. Teach your dog a new treat. Find Yummy Combs at your local pet store or vet's office. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA. The most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. Hey, Susan. Yes. I understand you wanted to talk to Dr. Debbie. Yes, please. She's right here for you. Hi. Hello there. Can I... Hello. What can I help you with? Well, I have a cat and a dog. Both are two years old and both are pretty inseparable. They just enjoy each other. The dog suffers only recently seizures. She's never Mm -hmm. had them before. And we've tried... What is it from? Food? No. Anything. We tried to think of things that we had done differently and nothing. Well, she has them two at a time, and they're sporadic, meaning they can be um, one week apart, they can be four weeks apart, and there's no rhyme or reason for them. And some of them are very mild, and uh, her latest one, which was actually last Thursday, which was a big surprise, which was about five weeks after the previous one, it was a grand mal. I mean, she Mm -hmm. even uh, screamed. Okay. And when she's, does she typically have ground mal seizures where she's kicking, paddling, doing that kind of thing? Yes. Well, I mean, sometimes we honestly don't always find a reason for seizures. And, and has she had any kind of uh, tests? Has your veterinarian done anything to kind of evaluate things? Yeah, he's done the blood test and everything. And he says that as long as we can, we can put her on Fimbarbital or something like that. We choose not to put her on any medication. But he said she's not causing any problems to herself. It's just that it's an ugly thing to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. And and I think the decision to go on an anti-seizure medicine can be tough for some folks. And if the seizures, and my guideline is if we have more seizures than once a month, I, I really look at it um, for se- several reasons. One is that we can't always be present every time a pet has a seizure. So there is a self-injury potential if they're happening, you know, regularly. Right. Um, the other is that seizures kind of have a kindling effect. So basically, one seizure can make it more likely for the next seizure to come on, and that can in itself be problematic because it just feeds, if you will, the, the tendency for more seizures to happen. So if we're having frequent ones, especially clusters, um, you know, I would certainly consider the, the uh, idea of putting your pet on an anti-seizure medicine. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, phenobarbital is the one we use most commonly for pets with seizures. Um, and uh, there are some alternatives beyond that. But usually to get a pet regulated, most veterinarians will use that. And then we'll talk about trying alternative therapies like uh, uh, there's a drug called Keppra. Uh, potassium bromide is another one. And some of those have 
lesser side effects um, or more favorable side effects, depending on what's going on for the individual pet. Um, but I would say that I, I would certainly consider that a little, uh, maybe a little more <laughs> seriously than, than you might just with that frequency. You know, once every five weeks isn't a lot, but, you know, two seizures every two weeks would certainly be enough that would get me concerned. Okay. And you didn't say what area of the country you're in. I'm in uh, middle California, right smack dab in the middle of the state. Okay. Well, you're kind of in my area. In, for seizuring pets out here in the Nevada area, one thing also um, amongst the many things that we'll do to evaluate uh, potential causes, we'll even look at uh, the fungal disease called valley fever, which um, it can potentially in some pets cause uh, seizure disorders, as well as things like thyroid um, issues, which in many cases we'll look at as well. That's so. kind of prevalent in central California, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes the San Joaquin Valley. and uh, But, yeah, areas like Phoenix, um, you know, even Nevada and other parts, uh, other states, was still a concern, so might just make sure that that has been screened for. Yeah, which I've actually had that. You yourself have had it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, then, definitely. Yeah. So I, I would. I was pretty bad. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, that's like yeah. a testimonial. So, yeah, I would go and knock on your vet's door and say, hey, by the way, did you check my dog for this disease? And uh, yeah. I think that would be a very sound thing to screen. Because um, in those cases, yeah, obviously you would treat the old underlying disease and, um, you know, make sure we treat that effectively. So, And you said you had a kitty concern, too? Yeah. He is... Um, um outside a lot, which is okay, but his problem is he is really skittish. I mean, I've heard of scaredy cats, but this guy takes it to the limit. Aww. He was feral when we first got him at Kitten, and he is attached to family. He's attached to us, and he's, he's uh, very attached to the dog, but he is really, really skittish. Um, I thought maybe he's, his eyes were not focusing properly because he would run from us, until we talked to him, and then he'd stop, but then he, he would run anyway. But he does come up to us, and we can pick him up without any problem, and he is really, really friendly, but he is super, super skittish, and I've never seen a cat that's as skittish as this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, not uncommon. Some of the ferals make an easy adjustment into the inners of the household life. Others, you know, kind of retain a little bit of that wild, uh, uh, I guess, uh, settling that they, they start off with. And, you know, if he seems like he's comfortable with your interactions, um, you know, I think that's wonderful. The things that we watch for when a cat is not at ease, you know, certainly the ear posture kind of pinned back. Sometimes they'll dilate their eyes and get kind of big and wide-eyed. Um, you know, if you're seeing this, kind of cues it's probably best to just kind of disengage you know not go for the physical contact and just kind of save him that anxiety and and uh, you know if he's the kind of kitty that just only likes a little bit of human contact on his terms um you know then i just accommodate him for that yeah and that's kind of what we've done so far and always use food to your advantage. <laughs> so a hungry cat is more likely to want to be around a human and to have us, uh, you know, in their life. So um, that is always a good positive association to kind of tie towards the, the human contact. So y- you heard me say it. Feed your cat. <laughs> treat him. <them. laughs> okay. Susan, we wish you the best of luck. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. 
Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Bar Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Remember when we thought that a tweet was the sound a bird makes or friending someone meant getting to know them? Well, get ready for a whole new language courtesy of a new app that helps pet owners connect with friends, acquaintances, and even willing strangers to take care of their pets when they can't. It's called Doggy B&B. And it aims to let people take advantage of their existing social networks. The company's co-founder is Adam Pokerniki, and he calls it a world unto itself, complete with its very own language for certain tasks. For example, you can post a woof. You can volunteer to help with pet care using the fetch option. And you can declare to yourself a boarder willing to take on pets from friends and even friends of friends. Well, here's one of those stories for anybody searching for their lost dog don't you ever give up. Eight years ago, Lashina Harris's white English bulldog puppy named Fat Cat was stolen from her backyard in Memphis. Fat Cat was chipped, had collars, tags, the whole nine yards. Lashina put up posters, put up ads, rewards, everything, and nothing. Nothing happened. Until a few weeks ago, and she got a call from an animal rescue group in West Memphis, Arkansas. Fat Cat had been dropped off the shelter by somebody who said that he'd found her wandering on the highway. Whether that story is true or not, who knows? Fat Cat was in terrible shape. The vet said she'd been used up as a breeder at a puppy mill. But she's on the mend, back with her family and with Lashina and her now 14-year-old son, who was only six when Fat Cat went missing. Lashina is now helping spread the message, don't ever give up. Get your pets chipped and put a GPS locator on their collars. That is something that did not exist when Fat Cat disappeared. We are all so thrilled that Fat Cat is finally home where she belongs. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Hi, I'm Ed Asher, and you're on Animal Radio. Spay or neuter your animals, you dummies. <laughs> you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. being told to remind you that you can download the animal radio app the iphone and android animal radio app it's a free download and ask your questions directly from the app as well as listen to past shows Uh, in just a few minutes we're going to talk to assemblyman carmelo garcia he's a democrat out of new jersey who's trying to ban pet piercing and tattoos i think that's a great idea i didn't even know there was a problem with that i think that's horrible i i'm sorry tattoos are a personal decision not something you should make a statement with your pet one of the news stories tammy did about two or three weeks ago we talked about the uh the homes that are being built specifically for people with pets that's awesome they include spas and all kinds of things Mm -hmm. i guess you know a lot of people are remodeling their homes so it it only makes sense that people that are building homes or people that are in any business are trying to figure out how to get their portion of the 60 billion (laughs) dollar pet industry whether it's uh, a car car manufacturers Uh are trying to make their cars whatever it is 
And now Standard Pacific's homes, I applaud them. They are now selling homes in 27 developments from Florida to California. I believe the first to offer a pet suite. And I have somebody on the phone. I have no, I guess it would be Danielle. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Danielle, is it Toco? That's correct. Danielle Toco. Danielle Toco, you're the Director of Communications at Standard Pacific Homes. What a genius idea. Was it your idea personally? I, I have a feeling it probably was. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for such a great idea. It was actually a very collaborative process, I must say. Um, you know, at Standard Pacific Homes, we're a national builder, and we're constantly talking to our homeowners about what's important to them in the homes. And so really where the idea came from was in talking to our customers and our homeowners, finding out, you know, pets are a very important part of the family. Sure. You know, you know, 70% of Americans are yep. pet owners. And so really the impetus of it was to uh, help enhance the lives of our homeowners and create a space for their furry family members it helps um, kind of help our homeowners stay organized as well. So it's a space dedicated complete, completely to our furry family members. It has a puppy wash station. It has a plush bed, a flat screen TV. Well, 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 a TV? You know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it does. Uh, so they can watch DirecTV's Dog TV, I, I assume, or, or, or something like Animal that. Planet. Animal yeah. Planet. Animal Planet. Exactly. Sure. You know, they had a long day playing in the sun. There's a little French door they could come run in off the side of the yard and um, hop in their little bed and watch a show if they'd like to. Now, <laughs> is every suite the same, or do you customize them to whatever specific somebody wants in general? That's a great question. They're they're not all the same. Um, we've just begun to introduce these. So you mentioned earlier they're in about 27 of our 190 communities across the country. So um, you know they some of them have the puppy wash station with the bench seating. Um, most of them all do have a bed. We have some with customized cabinetry to help keep all the toys and treats and dog feeders and um, automatic waters all of that organized. There's also some that come with a stacked washer dryer so that you can help. Um, it helps keep the laundry needs of your pet separate from wow. the humans oh. within the home. So it's separate from your the household's washer and dryer. Mm. I see the pet spa, and I don't know if you've talked about that yet. It adds uh, 35 grand to the price of a, of a house. And I'm trying to think, you know, if I was remodeling a bathroom, that's about what it would cost to remodel mm-hmm. a bathroom. Yeah, you know, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Yeah, you know, that price is very, like I said before, it kind of, the size varies, and what's included in the spa varies. As a, as a home builder, we have various communities across the country, and the sizes of those homes are a wide range. So, for instance, one of our new communities is called Avignon at Blackstone, and it's in Brea, California, and the homes there, um, they start at about 4,500 square feet. So space, yeah, so they're rather large. And uh, the space dedicated to the pet suite is 170 square feet. So the price associated with that would be approximately 35,000. Whereas in other communities um, where, say, the home sizes are, you know, maybe they start in the 3,000s, the pet space uh, starts closer to 50 square feet, and the price range is about $6,000. Mm. So it's a range depending uh-huh. upon the size of the homes within the community. 
You've specifically talked about dog uh, accoutrements or uh, accessories. What about cats and other animals? Birds. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a full-on pet suite. And so uh, the homeowner is able to personalize the space based on what types of pets they have. So you can add a scratching post or whatever your, your cat may want, um, and as well as I think it's it's specifically geared to dogs or cats. So you can also have goldfish or hamsters, whatever type of pets that you have can uh, stay in this space. But I think what's really unique about it is that puppy wash station so that, it, you know, it creates a space within the home dedicated just for that. So you don't need to worry about your pet, uh, your dog running through the home uh, wet or having to um, give him a bath in your own shower or in the sink. It's really just for the pets. Okay. Uh, Good stuff. We can learn more over at the website at standardpacifichomes.com. If you already own a home and you're you're planning on selling it, think about adding one of these additions to the house to to attract a buyer, perhaps like a Mm -hmm. laundry room that has turned it into a mudroom or whatever it may Mm be. That might You're be gonna something. think I'm crazy, but yeah. we're doing that. Are I'm you? actually trying to put a, a dog bat bathing station in because I almost broke my back wow. last weekend bathing my dog outside, bent over. So right. yeah. So where yeah. will you put that? Will that be uh, a, an add-on, or are you gonna convert? in a garage? We're gonna have like a garage add-on and put that in, and a little you know storage area, grooming table, um, all that kind of stuff. Just because, yeah, it, it really you don't want the hair of your dog in your own bathtub. No. So you want to have a special yeah. drain, and that's where all these you know costs go along with the the bathing. Uh, equipment you have to have the right stuff well, yeah. i just want to say if standard pacific is looking for somebody to test one of these homes we have homes. animals we we would be glad to yeah, take put, one off your hands and do absolutely. a review just keep us in mind please. <laughs> definitely i know i want to i want to add myself to that list as well these are just really top of the line state of the art i love it they sound great thanks for the bringing this to our attention today daniel toko the director of communications at standard pacific homes joining us and the website once again standard pacific homes Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. That is so cool. Isn't it? And you know, I've, we've, my husband and I have designed in our mind the perfect dog friendly house. So it would have like the uh, gates that pull out of the wall so that you wouldn't have to put up doggy gates. Cause now that I have senior pets, you kind of want to limit their access if they're having accidents. So that would be in my design. I think that's a good idea. Keep that thought. Gonna patent it. Yeah. <laughs> I think my dog needs more than 60 square feet, though. Your dog may. <laughs> my husband actually wanted to turn one of our guest bedrooms into the dog room, and he wanted to get a dog race car bed. Uh-oh. And, it, and, and the guests were supposed to sleep in the same bed that the dog slept in the other time. And I'm like, no, we're not getting a dog race car bed. You put your foot down, didn't you? I did, yeah. Well, I'm sure that... My entire home fits into, well, probably both you, Joey, and Dr. Debbie's bathroom. <laughs> probably combined. I don't think so. Oh, I bet it does. Yeah, I, I, I'll trade you. Yeah, this is a closet, seriously. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Elaine Boozer on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 12th Annual Cross Country Pet Adoption Tour. 
Get your licks on Route 66 along with media sponsor Animal Radio and car sponsor Legends Car and Van Rental with companion sponsor Zymox, advocate sponsor Brutus Bone Broth, camping sponsor KOA, and community sponsor Hands-On Gloves. The tour travels down America's favorite highway, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events and to raise money. In the first 11 years, the tour has helped to place over 14,000 pets into new forever homes. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops near you and come out for a safe, fun way to support your local shelter. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Right now, we're going to hang with Assemblyman Carmelo Garcia. Yes, hello. Hey, how are you doing? Great, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I see you have a bill to ban pet tattooing and piercing. What inspired that? Well, first of all, I love animals. I have two dogs myself, and we have been getting some constituents who have noticed some really weird, but yet for vanity reasons, apparently uh, some tattooing on a dog in particular. That's the first one that had come to my attention, and that was disturbing. So I felt the need to immediately uh, look into what kind of bill we can establish that would prohibit you know, anyone from uh, tattooing or piercing an animal, which would create mutilation and animal cruelty. Yeah, did you see this lady who was uh, selling gothic kitten, kittens back in, uh, it was a couple of years ago? A couple ago? years ago, yeah. That was scary. Yes, indeed. Yes, that was that case was really, you know, an eye-opener. And I think that there's a lot of weird fads that get started, and we definitely don't want this to be one of them. Who, who are the people that uh, don't want you to put this through? Well, there's, of course, some folks that feel that, you know, you have, like, the veterinarians, which I understand, and we've amended, uh, requested to amend the language where for uh, tattooing and microchipping purposes, they would like, you know, for those type of federal animals to be tracked. And that's one of the things that we are, uh, we've considered and we've accepted. And, of course, you know, branding for farming animals, which we had already inserted in the bill to ensure that they um, are protected and allowed to do that. Dr. Debbie, have you seen any animals like this in your office, any tattooed animals? I, I've seen them on local news. Um, and, you know, the thing that bothers me, I think, the most when we talk about ear piercing with animals is that when when girls or women get their ears pierced, it goes in that floppy little lobe part. Um, but a dog's ear is has got that firm cartilage. So if you, if you know what it's like to get your upper ear pierced, it's a totally different sensation than getting the lobe. And plus they do have, you know, vessels that are, can be very sizable in the ear. So there's a potential for serious bleeding if, if it's not done properly. Um, so I have to say that I'm just so opposed to the idea of cosmetic um, tattooing and piercing, you know, for all of those reasons. And plus, think about how dogs play, you know, ripping, yeah. you know, yeah. their piercings out. Um, it, it just sets up so much for the pet to injure itself. Yeah, not only just by playing, but but on purposely ripping it out because it, it's irritating. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's really weird. Okay, so what? where does this go next? Where does this bill go next and, and when will it be passed? I think it will, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten great support from, you know, animal rights groups. I mean, the reality is it is animal cruelty, and we even had another constituent report a, a particular piercing, as the doctor just noted, you know, on another uh, animal that was just, you know, unbelievable. Because what happens is sometimes with these uh, in the pit bull world, right, yep. where they try to breed these dogs to fight, they mutilate them afterwards, the loser, from what I have understood. And it just saddened me that, in fact, they do this type of piercing as well to kind of show that this is the losing animal. 
minimal. And right now where it stands is we're putting it out already. It's going into committee. And once it's navigated its course, you know, I'm pretty confident that it will become law because I think all of us that love animals understand the need to protect these animals. And I will do everything humanly possible to ensure, and as a legislator, that these animals who don't have the right to consent or choice can definitely be protected in this way. I mean, we don't want this to be another weird fad that people think it's cool and that dogs and animals are this type of toy or doll that they can basically take advantage of. I mean, this is just not the way it should be for vanity reasons. And Mm. this is why we're going to push this thing through and we're going to advocate strongly and hopefully we can get you guys on board, you know, to share this news and get more people to write in and, you know, know, tweet it and, you know, Instagram it and Facebook it and talk about, you know, the need to really get this trend going to protect these animals where this model legislation can really ensure that they're protected. Do you have any tattoos or piercing? I do not. No, I do not. So clearly, um, I, and in my household with my children, I mean, clearly that's something, that's something that I will, well, art is art, but I don't think when it comes to animals uh, for vanity reasons who cannot have that choice, they should be, uh, you know, mutilated or in any way, you know, given a tattoo or a piercing. It's just animal cruelty to me. No, they did. They I didn't. Agree. They didn't ask for it themselves. That's you know? right. No, I, I feel the same way about the giving of the blood too. You know, they didn't ask for. We were talking about this oh, a couple right, of weeks ago. People oh, take yeah. their donating their blood. blood. <laughs> they didn't ask the animals. They're they're That's getting a true. sense of gratification for something that they didn't really do. But yeah. in any case, I agree with you. I'm 100 percent behind you here, and uh, we will try to get the word out as best we can. Now, is this kind of prolific in the Hoboken area or any parts of the country? Because I this is like the first time, other than that gothic kitten, that I've heard of this. Or are you just really trying to nip it in the bud before it becomes something prolific? I believe twofold. I mean, we've gotten some cases reported to us. I mean, officially there hasn't been one, you know, in the state, but the reality is that we know how it goes. It exists, and we have had cases reported to us, uh, and we are looking into them further to uh, demonstrate that this is happening, and we're afraid that this may be become a fad of some sort because some people just, again, look at animals as, you know, these toys or dolls that they can, you know, do this to, and it's completely wrong, and I appreciate the support from you guys. Really uh, honored to be on your show, and I think that, you know, we will get this through to ensure that it nips it in the bud and that people understand the consequences to these kind of actions and that we don't want children to be taught that this is something that is acceptable uh, when it comes to, you know, our loving animals such as any dogs and cats. Very good. Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. We wish you all the best of luck. Let us know how that goes. Assemblyman Carmelo Garcia from the District Office in Hoboken, New New Jersey, joining us. Well, it has just flown by once again, as it usually does. It seems like we just walk in and all of a sudden it's over with. I want to thank Danielle Toko from Standard Pacific Homes, as well as our Hero of the Week, Deborah Joe Chiapizio. Chiapizio? Chapuzio. 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 And Assemblyman Carmela Garcia. You guys are all awesome. Uh, if you want to reach us during the week, feel free to ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app. It's a free download for iPhone and Android, as well as your, as well as listen to the show and Delvar. <sighs> wow. I'm glad it's towards the end. I really As well as listen to the show and... Uh, Uh, As well as listen to the show. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, see ya. (laughs) Let's just cut it. Cut our losses. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.